0: News. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park, 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse
1: by Verse Ministries. The issue is that we need to understand where Paul is coming from and why he does this. Because if you don't understand the first three chapters of Paul's letter to the Romans, you don't understand the rest of Romans. And if you don't understand the rest of Romans, or any part of Romans, you don't understand the gospel. See, there's a lot of people who refuse to accept Paul's words because they sound harsh and lacking of any, of any love, and so they just turn Paul off. And when you do that, you turn the gospel off. Because if you don't understand Romans 1 through 3, then you don't understand God's love and you don't understand God's grace, and you don't understand the gospel which expresses His love and grace. Unless you understand the unrighteousness of man, there is no gospel. There is no message. There is no hope.
2: Imagine this hypothetical scene in heaven. Jesus and the Father are talking, and Jesus says, I know there are many ways for people to get to heaven, but I'm going to give people one more means to attain eternal life. I'll become a man, "'Receive the worst beating anyone has ever experienced, "'suffer a hideous and shameful death, "'and be separated from you "'as I take the sins of everyone upon myself.'" Now, obviously, that conversation never took place. But the idea that there are many ways to heaven requires that something like that was going through the mind of the Lord. Unless everyone ever born is absolutely unable to earn eternal life, then Jesus went to the cross for nothing. If there was any way that we might somehow work our way out of the sin debt that we owe, then there would have been no need for Jesus to come here to die for our sins. His crucifixion was no accident. God planned it from before the beginning of time. Jesus did what he did because he loved us that much, and there was no other way to save us. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Teacher Steve Krylov We'll continue our study of the first three chapters of Romans. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily radio Bible classes are the broadcast versions of Pastor Steve's clear, expository, or verse-by-verse messages. If you are able to follow along in your Bible, please turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 18, as Pastor Steve will start right there. Paul did indeed paint a grim picture of humanity in these first three chapters. But it's also an accurate picture that we must understand in order to understand the gospel. Now here is Pastor Steve to explain it.
1: Romans chapter 1, and we want to read verses 18 through 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity or uncleanness, I mean, sexual uncleanness, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the women and burned in their desire towards one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error." And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. The August 1984 edition of Christianity Today magazine devoted much of its contents to an examination of the methods and the message of Dr. Robert Schuller, pastor of the Crystal Cathedral out in California. The main article was an interview with Dr. Schuller in which he was asked a number of questions in order to clarify his views concerning sin and self-esteem. Along with a number of uh, questions, the Christianity Today interviewers asked Robert Schuller this question, and I quote, Many people who read your books or listen to the Hour of Power hear you say you need self-esteem. Turn to Christ and you will find it. You will find that you have this in creation and in redemption through Christ. Then they turn to the Apostle Paul in Romans. He writes a long section showing that all of sin and come short of the glory of God. So they ask, if Bob Schuler is really biblical, why doesn't he say more about sin? End of quote. Dr. Schuller's response to that question was, It's because I prefer the model of Jesus to the model of Paul. Christianity Today asked, are they different? Bob Schuler answered, yes. Christianity Today asked, how? Schuler answered, Jesus never called a person a sinner. After discussing this a little more, the interviewers finally asked this question. Actually, there were more questions, but they kind of came to a conclusion with this. And I quote, what do you find particularly difficult about Paul's understanding of sin? To which Dr. Schuller answered, and once again I quote, he wasn't as sensitive as Jesus was in telling people what they were like. I don't put Paul and Jesus on an equal level. Paul was still a sinful human being. Jesus was the sinless son of God. I have no problem with Paul's theology, but I prefer Jesus as the model of how to communicate to sinful people about their lostness. End of quote. Now in all fairness, to uh, Dr. Schuller's statements, Uh, the article goes on to say that he, after reading the manuscript of this interview, came to modify his criticism of Paul's methodology, and he says his problem isn't so much with Paul, but the way some Christians misuse Paul's approach to the sin issue. Now, our purpose in mentioning this is really not to critique in any way Robert Schuller. I think these quotations speak for themselves, and you can see where he stands. But our concern is Paul's approach to the doctrine of sin, Because we've been studying Paul's letter to the Romans, and in the first three chapters, Paul states the issue is very clear. He declares man's guilt, God's wrath, man's sin, man's unrighteousness, man's depravity, man's wickedness, and whether... Robert Schuler or any other person accepts Paul's approach or not really doesn't matter. The issue is that we need to understand where Paul is coming from and why he does this. Because if you don't understand the first three chapters of Paul's letter to the Romans, you don't understand the rest of Romans. And if you don't understand the rest of Romans or any part of Romans, you don't understand the gospel. See, there's a lot of people who refuse to accept Paul's words because they sound harsh And lacking of any, of any love. And so they just turn Paul off. And when you do that, you turn the gospel off. Because if you don't understand Romans one through three, then you don't understand God's love. And you don't understand God's grace. And you don't understand the gospel, which expresses his love and grace. Unless you understand the unrighteousness of man, there is no gospel. There is no message. There is no hope. Now, it's true that Paul was a sinful, human being. And it's true that Jesus is the sinless son of God, but Paul's writings and the words of Christ that are recorded in the Bible are on the same level. And I hope you realize that they are both the word of God, regardless of who uttered it. In other words, what I'm saying is if you have a red letter edition of the Bible of the words of Jesus in red, don't think by that, that his words are any more important than Paul's words. You say that sounds like heresy. No, that's that's proper theology, because in Galatians, chapter one, verses eleven and twelve, the apostle Paul says, "For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. In other words, it's not my opinion. It's not my message." Verse twelve: "For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ." Paul's message and Christ's message are exactly the same. Paul received his gospel from Jesus Christ. He says in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, that he's a bondservant of Christ Jesus, a called apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. In other words, he is his servant. He's been set apart to do one thing, and he's been called to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. Paul may be a sinful human being, but when he penned his words... God was inspiring him. The Spirit of God was guiding him so that what was written down was exactly what God wanted to be written down, the Word of God. All Scripture, Paul says, is theopneustos, is God-breathed. And so whether you have the words of Jesus recorded in the Bible, the words of Paul, they're exactly the same because the source is the same. God breathed His Word out. So the real question is, Did Jesus ever give a message that exposed men as sinners? Did Jesus ever speak of God's hatred towards sin and judgment? Did he ever speak of his wrath? Robert Shuler says no, but the Bible says yes. Jesus spoke more about wrath and hell and sin than anybody else, and I want to show you that. And I want to show you that, that what Paul is doing is just following the example of his master. Would you turn to Matthew chapter 5? And I'm going to just take you through the, the Gospels for a few verses. And I want you to see that, that the Lord Jesus did denounce sin. The Lord Jesus never skirted the sin issue. The Lord Jesus spoke of hell and of judgment and of God's wrath. He did call people sinners.
2: Pastor Steve will be right back with just a small sample of the many times Jesus dealt directly with sin and its consequences. Let's take a moment to introduce ourselves to those of you who just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida.
3: Hi, this is Steve Krylov. I wanted to take a few moments today to tell you how pleased I am that you're listening to Verse by Verse. Our goal here at Verse by Verse is to teach people the Word of God so that they'll be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and glorify God. I hope that you've been learning and growing in your faith as you've listened to our broadcasts. As a faithful listener to these broadcasts, I feel you should know that verse-by-verse needs your financial support. It's costly to prepare and broadcast these programs, and we can only continue to do so if our listeners support this ministry. So I would ask you to please consider giving a gift as a way of saying thank you to the Lord for providing this program to help you in your Christian walk. All gifts to Verse by Verse are tax deductible. You can give via PayPal on our website, which is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Or you can send your gift to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida 33758. That's Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida Three three seven five eight. Thank you, and may our Lord richly bless and strengthen you as you listen to him speak verse by verse.
2: Now let's resume our lesson to see right from the Bible that Paul was not teaching anything different from what Jesus taught when he talked about sin.
1: Matthew chapter five, verse 22. And these are just a few verses. We could, we could spend hours dealing with all the verses if you deal with the parables that uh, included in that. Matthew chapter five, verse 22. But I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever shall say to his brother, raka, which means you empty-headed one, shall be guilty before the supreme court. And whoever shall say you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the hell of fire. Matthew chapter seven, verse 22 and 23. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, in your name, cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, you workers of iniquity, you people whose lifestyle is sin. Did you ever call anybody a sinner? He went beyond that. He said they were workers of iniquity. Matthew chapter 23. This chapter is the chapter of woes, because Jesus is pronouncing judgment upon the Pharisees because they're hypocrites. He says in verse 13, but woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men for you do, you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering in to go in. Verse 14, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses even while uh, even while for a you make long prayers, therefore you shall receive greater condemnation. Verse 15, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because when you travel about on sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Verse 16, Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he's obligated. And on and on it goes. Look at verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness, but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. Verse 26 You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. In other words, you're you're filthy inside, though you try to look good on the outside. That's what a hypocrite is. Verse 33, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how shall you escape the sentence of hell? Did Jesus ever call anyone a sinner? Luke chapter 13. Verses 1 through 3, Now on the same occasion there was some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He, he looked at all of them and he said, Unless you repent, and what do you need to repent of your sin? Did Jesus ever call anyone a sinner? Sure he did. Remember the rich young ruler who came to the Lord Jesus? Jesus said, If you're to follow me, you've got to give up your money. You've got to give up your money. Why did he say that? Because his money had become an idol, and that rich young ruler went away sad because he was wealthy and his God was money, and Jesus was, in essence, saying to him, You are sinful. How about that woman at the well, the Samaritan woman? Who the Lord Jesus said, Go tell your husband about this. And she said, I have no husband. He said, You're right. In essence, he said, You are living in adultery. The man you're with now is not your husband. Jesus ever call anyone a sinner? Sure he did. John chapter 8, verse 44. It's probably the strongest thing that Jesus ever said. It parallels what he said to the Pharisees in terms of strength and depth and degree. John chapter 8. Verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, and you and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. And Jesus is saying, and you are just like him. Did Jesus ever call anyone a sinner? He went beyond that. He told them exactly what kind of sinner they were. Now, these verses and many others in the gospel make it abundantly clear that Jesus never, ever skirted the sin issue. That is the gospel, that man is a sinner and he needs a savior. He never skirted God's wrath and punishment and hell and damnation and judgment. And in Romans, the apostle Paul is just following the method and the message of his master. From verses 18 of chapter 1 in in Romans to Chapter 3, verse 23, Paul is expounding the truth about man's sinfulness. Why? Because in order to understand our need for the gospel and the righteousness that comes by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, we first have to see ourselves as God sees us, sinful, unholy, unrighteous, guilty before him, spiritually bankrupt, fallen man with a depraved mind and depraved behavior. You see, Paul's gospel... Uh, didn't aim at giving people a proper self-esteem. That, that wasn't Paul's point. That wasn't his message. His, its purpose was to make them holy and righteous and acceptable before God. That is the gospel. But men don't like to hear that they're sinners. You ever notice that when you speak to someone someone about Christ? They love to hear about God's love, but they don't like to hear that they're a sinner. And we make excuses for our sins. We call them other names. We call them failures. We call them problems. We call them errors, natural tendencies. Or we say things like, well, nobody's perfect. To err is human. And we have little cliches and words and different terminology to express what we should call sin. And if a person accepts these excuses and doesn't face up to the sin issue and the sinfulness of his sin, then it will have eternal consequences because he'll never see his need for Jesus Christ. Never. Unless we see ourselves as God sees us, we'll never see our need for the righteousness. We don't think that we need it. And so that's Paul's point. And with with the seriousness of the sin issue in mind, the Apostle Paul exposes the human race for what we really are, depraved, rebellious people. His words are designed to make us feel uneasy. And if you feel uneasy going through these chapters, that's good. It's supposed to do that. We're supposed to feel uneasy because the wickedness of our hearts are brought to light. We are unmasked. And Paul exposes us for what we really are. You see, there's too much at stake for Paul to be diplomatic. He must be tactful, he, he, or, or diplomatic or tactful, really. He must be blunt. He must be bold in his declarations. There is no beating around the bush. Paul comes right to the point. He's specific. He's bold. And he deals With the heart of the matter. And the first type of person that Paul deals with is the pagan who's never heard of Jesus Christ. The person we would like to excuse and say, well, he has an excuse, he's never heard the gospel. This person tries to excuse himself. Before God, he may try to give all the excuses, and God will say, keep quiet, you have no excuse. How does he try to excuse himself? He tries to say that, that he is free from, re, from any responsibility of responding to God's truth because he didn't know the truth to respond to it, he says. How can I respond to the truth if I didn't know the truth, if I never heard the truth? And Paul says, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. You had heard the truth. You're without excuse. There is no excuse. You aren't off the hook. You're guilty and you're sinful. And and Paul centers his argument around the concept of the wrath of God. First of all, he says, God's wrath is defined. Verse 18, some of this is review, but it's not all review. I'm going to add to it because I think these issues are so critical. They're the foundation of our faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. God's wrath is his anger. It's not so much his punishment; It's his anger towards man's sin. God is angry. You say, but wait a minute. Isn't God love? God is love and God is hatred. God is both. And I don't understand that. But the Bible teaches that God is perfect love and God is perfect hatred as well. God loves the sinner with an infinite love, but he hates the sin with an infinite hatred. And his wrath is directed at those who have a lack of reverence towards him and an utter disregard for his will that's what paul means by ungodliness that means a lack of reverence and that's what he means by unrighteousness it means a lack of letting god rule in his life a total disregard for the lord and his word and his will
2: between god's infinite love of sinners and his infinite hatred of sin is a great chasm Only one thing can bridge that gap, and it is His grace which He displayed at Calvary. Without that bridge, there is no escape from the consequences of sin. By the same token, if not for our total depravity, the grace would be unnecessary. Thank you for joining us today for another verse-by-verse Bible class of the air. Pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is guiding us through the first three chapters of the Book of Romans. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside since 1981. These radio adaptations of his messages are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners like you who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download the file for later. The same is true for the programs you'll find on the archives page. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the first part of a three-part message. If you would like to hear it all at once, you can order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a phone number and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-239-0306. One common question asked not only by skeptics but also by many genuine Christians is, what about people who never hear the gospel? Will they go to hell? And if so, isn't that unfair? In our next verse by verse, Pastor Steve will show us how God gave a clear answer to that question right here in Romans chapter 1. I'll see you then.
3: Deepening your
0: faith. So many times we're not in position for a breakthrough because when we should be sitting and serving, we're searching The blessings of God will chase you down. So you've got to be in position and say, you know what? I'm going to settle myself. I'm going to serve God.
3: Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN.